What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. This week, we're here with Cody Rodeo Tyler. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? Good. Man, it's been, it has been a minute. I talked to you on the phone the other day, and that was the first time I'd really heard from you, and probably since Stu's, the the Mason Love bull riding. Yeah. No, uh, I pretty much keep to myself anymore and kind of just hide out, hide out with the cows. Yeah. What are you doing with the, with the cows nowadays, now that you're done riding? Uh, just taking care of other people's cows. Uh, got... The same thing you were doing before with the bulls? uh yeah pretty much uh just yeah just taking care of taking care of cows and helping the wife at the vet clinic and uh just checking my own cows that's about yeah. it yeah that's um she man she's done that for a while hasn't she yeah uh she's been out of school eight years now she's so. told yeah that's <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I get it. I graduate in the springtime, and Kelly, she's two years out now. I wow. bet. She's, I bet she's happy though. Like, oh yeah, yeah, she's... no. And yeah, that's, she. That's good work too, to be honest. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of a uh, lot of extra hours, but it's she enjoys most of it. So yeah. Now, are you guys? You're in Kansas now. Yep. Right? Yep. Arc City, Kansas. Yeah. Or okay. Arkansas, Arkansas City, Kansas. How far is that from where you were in Oklahoma? Uh, about an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. so you, it really wasn't that far. I thought it was like no. four hours, huh? No, no, I'm literally just just on the state line. It's not very far at all. Huh. Man, that's cool. Man, uh, have you been watching bull riding at all? Like, have you? Well, I'm curious on that process when you quit. So when you were done, you said, I'm done riding bulls. Like, what was that process before you even watched it? Or did you did you watch it right there? It'd take you a minute to kind of... I mean, I I quit watching bull riding while I was riding. So, like, I, I didn't sure. watch it. Sure. But I'm talking about afterwards. I mean, you still... I'm, I'm sure it's still every once in a while you have a little bit of an itch to... <laughs> yeah, uh, I watched uh, when the team stuff first came out. I watched that just okay. to see what it was like. It was kind of fun to watch. Different. What What is your thoughts on the teams? And I only ask because a lot of the people I've had on are either competitors, you know, or they're heavily involved in the rodeo. And so it's a different deal. But you're coming from, like, what's that from an outside perspective? Where you used to ride, so you understand the industry really well. But then, like, now a completely different format from when you were riding. Oh, uh, man. Uh the bull team thing, I don't like, never have. The rider team thing, though, for me, was very fun to watch. Like, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, I did. Like, it was, it was fun, actually. It was a lot better than just watching a bull riding. Like, I actually wanted to keep watching the, the rider series of that, and uh, I didn't. I just got busy and. Yeah. Bull riding's not my top priority. So, <laughs> did you ever? Could you grew up riding, right? Like you started from. Yeah, I started at like uh, eleven. Okay, and did you did you get on calves or anything before then, or? Was uh, that nope. You Went started at eleven. Yep. How long yeah. did that take before you really kind of stopped watching, like, on TV or whatever? Uh. 
Was it when you got I, into the PBR or was it before then? It was, I don't know. It, well, probably when I got into the PBR, I quit watching it. Like, it was just, I didn't want it, to watch it. Man, it's so different. Once you're it's, inside of it, too, it's different. And I don't know. It's so funny because I don't know how much it's, like, changed from back in the day. Like, you know, back when we watched in, like, you know, in 2011 or, you know, when we were still young, like, how much of that's changed on the production level to now? Because, like, we weren't inside of it then. I mean, I wasn't riding bulls in the PBR in 2012, but yeah, but they, they still had it, you know, and they still put on a production. Like, what's what's changed? Nowadays, I feel like it's gotten to be almost a reality show with the team. Yeah. I could definitely see that. It's and I don't know that it's just I don't know that it's the writing. So like I think that it's a that they've really gone that reality side, but I um I don't think that has to do with the the team event itself. It's more like all the little offshoots that are coming. So like I know the the Missouri Thunder, they do like a little series, you know, a little Netflix special or something like that. It's more oh, see, of I don't know about that. There's a bunch of those that have been popping up, and I, I'm not. I don't know that I would get behind all of that, even as a writer. Like, if you had to deal with that every single weekend, you know, like <laughs> knowing that oh. everything you do or say is probably going to be twisted to fit into some freaking reality TV show. <laughs> yeah, trust me, you remember when I had to carry that camera around with me and we filmed everything for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible for me, and like. I don't know how I got. I, I think it was like, here, you're carrying this camera for a few weeks, like film everything you want. Okay. Like, I, I don't know how they chose me, but I, I should know. That would have been in 2017. <laughs> oh, something like that. I think right. 2017. I forgot you did that. They did that for a minute. You, uh, who else did that? There's a few guys. I think that they. Yeah. I, I really wish I would. Like, I did, did they even ever do anything with it? Uh, I mean, they had, they did a couple like episodes or something. I don't know. My dad's watched. I've never watched it. My dad's watched it, and he tells me about it when it comes on and everything. But I don't know. It's just so awkward for me. So I, don't, I still, I, don't I still have probably I don't know how many hours, hundreds of hours of video from when we went in 2017, 18. And I just videoed on my phone. I just randomly, just as we were, you know, playing golf or, you know, mini putt or whatever we were doing. I still have tons of hours of just uncut footage. <laughs> and, and that, that oh, I've done it a couple times with a couple groups. But then, heck, I don't know where those cameras go yeah. or like where, what phone broke or what phone had it. And oh, man, if we could go back and like watch all that stuff, though, that would be pretty I like the kind of the uncut, you know, raw. That's fun to watch, you know. That's oh, yeah. Anytime that somebody gets their hands on editing it, that's when that's when stuff doesn't turn out true. Yeah, yeah, correct. That's when things don't turn out true. Goodness. Oh, so how'd the surgery go? It got postponed till tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow? Yep, tomorrow. Yep. So. I have surgery tomorrow and then six months. <laughs> Starting the year off right, huh? Yeah, it's actually the first year I've had surgery at this time of the year. Generally, I don't 
generally I've had it in different times of the year. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because the season's split in two. And so it's just like when I'm scheduling, because I actually look at my schedule and I think, okay, this is what my goals for the year. This is where I want to be. And then, you know, you route your your trip and everything. Yeah. But, um, with the with the team series and the regular season split in two, it's kind of an odd. odd yeah. I'll miss the entire I, regular season, and then the team season will be. But the team season's a weird deal because it's not like you qualify for one of these teams. Yeah. So then it's like, how do you want to? How do you manage coming back from an injury in the summertime? Like, where do you go to, if you're wanting to get on a team, where do you even go to get on a team, you know? I mean, obviously, there... you go to challengers, but it's not like a, I guess my point is, there's not like you get this many points and you're going to get on a team. Yeah. Sense? Yeah. And is the only way to get on a team is to, like, for the draft or whatever? or No. You... So the draft is, they'll, they'll do the combine throughout the year for people to see you, like, January I think they have three of them I don't know if they're going to do them this year but um I the draft's really just for new people coming in and then you still have like free agents and people that are unsigned and you know so they're going to be a whole nother team this year though so they're going to be I, I I believe there's a one more team there's 10 teams this year or two more okay so, I don't know see it's weird how they it's the whole the whole structure of this team series is what's weird. It's it's so new to everybody, including the PBR. So, yeah. like, how you go about, you know, scouting riders, how you go about choosing riders, how do riders, you know, the most efficiently, like, get seen? Like, where do you go? Like, there's not really anything there other than, you know, you could say go to challengers, like the Torn Pros, but I don't know, last year... So last year they took out of the velocity standings. There was very few guys like they didn't go through the velocity tour to fill the teams at all. Like out yeah. of the 15, 10 riders in the velocity tour, there was only a couple that got on a team. The majority of them didn't even get selected. Now, some of them did later, like uh, Grayson Cole. He got selected, you know, a little bit later in the year, but he didn't get drafted. So, yeah. Well, let's see. I don't know. It's it's team deals. It's cool to me, it's, but it's, it's well. And they're doing they're doing a new one too. Did you see that? The no. PBR and Kid Rock. Okay, so I guess they're doing a it's a rodeo team. I haven't looked into this like so like super specifically, but it it sounds to me like it's a rodeo team. Um, yeah. So and then I don't know how they're doing it, but like anybody can enter, and it could just be you and your buddies, and you enter and go qualify i'm not sure but it's another series like it's another tour it's it reminds me kind of like the american okay but like a team like a team competition ranch rodeo <laughs> no, i i need to look into it the pbr put out an article and i know that it you know it's more it's team oriented and the winner gets a million dollars a winning team or something like that so, but they're just throwing money everywhere. I think what they're really doing is testing markets at this point. Because, I mean, think about it this way. You have regular team series. You have a challenger tour. You have a tour and pro. You have the regular season, right? You have the velocity tour. You have um, a WCRA, if you count that. I, I know that they're kind of connected to the PBR. That's six. 
plus this new one. That the PBR has its hand in seven different tours. They're spreading mm -hmm. money seven different ways. That's wild if you think about it. Yeah, that's that is wild. Crazy. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I I didn't know about half those either. Yeah. So yeah, they're doing them. They've been doing a ton. Yeah. Back in when we were when you were going. And all it was was it wasn't it was the velocity tour, but it was the uh pain relief, real time pain relief, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh and then oh I guess the last Blue Def was Blue Def and the real time and uh they were they were they went to just the velocity there at the end of my my stuff. So, so did know. you it... did you did you quit before um the uh the Pendleton before they sponsored it? No, no, they 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 sponsored it when I was going to it. So that would have been there too. All right. And they always they stayed there for a while now. Pendleton. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I my last nineteen. Nineteen was my last year. Last yeah. year. In PBRs or right uh, in PBRs, I quit in twenty, or I retired. Yeah, and you you don't really go to a whole lot of even amateur deals after that, did you? I saw you a few times, but I tried to. It just wasn't fun for me anymore. It was. I okay, so that's an interesting point because there's there's different people and like especially when it comes to like when you're done, when you're going to retire or not. Like, when do people retire? Because you have guys like Mike Lee who freaking, you know, it didn't bother him not riding in the PBR and just riding amateur deals. Like he loved doing it. But I don't know that I, I don't know that I could do it either. I, I think that they're the competitive part that I like about going to PBRs and stuff that I don't know that I would be able to sacrifice. Like, cause I've been to enough amateur deals. I don't know. I to each his own, I reckon. But what was yeah. that for you? Was it, was it the competitive? Like, what specifically about going to little deals, you know, did not kind of give you that feel? <laughs> well, when I, because like I, I, the only thing I did for nine years was PBRs, really, you know, and then I did a couple of those bull team deals for guys. But when I quit going to the PBRs and came back, I hadn't been to a local rodeo in a long time. Yeah. Came back, anybody hardly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like they knew me, but I didn't really know anybody. So it was just like standing there by myself, like clapping my hands together. I was like, eh, this is kind of boring. That's it. that's another thing too. Like as you getting older, I realized how I realized I was getting older when, like, so last time I came back from my uh, injury, my surgery, my knee surgery. I yeah. went to MRCAs, so I just went to amateur rodeos to get warmed up, you know, get loose, riding good, and I did not know anybody. We're in Missouri. This is, like, right by the house. I don't know anybody. And so then yeah. you, I, you build up all of these new friends. Everybody knows who you are, and you have no idea who who anybody yeah. is. It really does take – because everybody else is going to PBRs or PRCAs, you know. Yeah. We're retired. Yeah. <laughs> so, um it's it was just weird for me uh and my dream was 
I, I wanted to be in the PBR. It's like yeah. that, that's all I wanted. And then when I didn't want to be there anymore, I just I wanted to be at home. I didn't want to go anymore. So it's a pretty easy deal to let go of once I figured out I didn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And if I remember right, you used a really stiff American rope too, didn't you? Oh, like a like a bareback rigging. You freaking used a stiff one. That's I still I do. That's another thing that it just it blows my mind how different people ride with different equipment, especially coming into the ropes. And I still to this day have no idea how you rode so good with a freaking stiff freaking American. Uh, Mason Lowe had he his wasn't as stiff as yours, but Mason's was fairly stiff as well. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I stiff. It didn't. I didn't feel like it broke over as much for me but I could still break over and handle it just fine. But I don't know. I uh, that I feel like if you'd ever did get behind or anything in that stiff handle, like if I, my hips were to my rope, that rope was dragging me anywhere I needed it to go. <laughs> so I don't know. I did like that part of it. I just, I didn't like, I didn't like, I really didn't like hanging up. So that stiff handle allowed me not to hang up a lot. So I, uh, but when I did hang up with that thing, I was, I was in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I freaking, I, I don't know how you did it. at that time though. I would have been using the same rope I started with. So I used the same rope for a good while. It was like six years, seven it was, years. It properly broke in, wasn't it? Properly broke in. Yeah. That sucker was broke. I didn't even know. And then I remember you talking to me about ropes and then I started trying different ropes because mine was really it broke like the leather in it it just collapsed but i was using american so i used a stiff i actually bought the same one that mason got i got a hold of blake lewis and told him i want one just like mason's i used it for like a month and a half and i said i I want one not like mason's the exact opposite make me the exact opposite of this bull rope (laughs) (laughs) one slight in already yeah, I never could. I never could get even with the Brazilians. I I gave it a big shot, you know, trying like the he, the heavier Brazilian, you know, stiff freaking big block, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I don't I know it. how you guys kept your weight on your legs. Like I felt like the the biggest fight was like staying up on my legs. Uh, that's that was the easy part for me. Like getting up over your rope with a stiff rope i don't i don't know how you guys do it you you definitely do though i, I don't know it was just easy for me it just i don't know did you out. did you ride under so thinking about because i had one person ask me and i want to have a brazilian on here you may know a little bit but like the difference in riding styles from brazilians to americans but really the rope itself so you look at like the true brazilian blocks that are really tall and big um versus you know a like a blake lewis type brazilian that i'm using now which is like an american block you know it's just in the same way as american but i wonder if like how you ride with your hips changes like i know dakota talks about you know them brilliant brazilians riding underneath their rope a lot so you know really having that high rise and stuff doesn't really bother them because they're really riding like underneath that that makes sense am i communicating that all right yeah, no, like uh, the end of my career, I was having some hand problems, probably because I was riding with a really stiff handle, <laughs> and I was losing my hand a lot. 
So I did try a Brazilian rope and I didn't feel like it changed my riding style and my riding style still fit it. Yeah. It was such a learning curve for me to figure out where to place it. That's everybody. I, I, you know, that is one thing that I will say, there is a lot of benefits to the Brazilian rope and I don't think I would ever go back to an American, but the downside to that Brazilian rope is placement. And it's yeah. it's everybody. I, me and Kyler were just talking about this the other day. I, me and Andrew Alvidrez have talked. Everybody, I think, has the same issue. Now, some of the Brazilians don't. But again, I think it's because they just do it the same. They stick it down the side. Yeah. And I not, I not all of them, but but some of them. Yeah, I never could do that. I pretty much placed mine about like an American. I just picked a spot and put it there every time. But you could you could definitely tell on some bulls, like it was like, no, I bucked off because that rope is weird. Yeah. Like it was like, no, it shoved me way outside. Like the whole time it was shoving me outside. But I feel like the, they slide more. Like you have to also be more cautious about your rope sliding with a uh resilient. Um, like so, over uh, the over the center of their back. Like oh. you know, no, I could definitely. With the, an American, I feel like it never slid on me. And with the Brazilian, like I have to make sure that it's, you know, I pull all the fat out and it like it's good. Yeah, no. I, see, with an American, I didn't pull tight rope, really. Yeah, right. But it it pulls down. So the American pulls down on your hand, whereas the Brazilian is more just like a pressure that's around your hand. Yeah, I don't know. A Brazilian rope, it was weird. I don't know. It's, it was fun. It's just, it's so different so much technical stuff to it that i still never learned <laughs> i um i i used american for a long time too it took me two tries before i stuck with the brazilian and it, it finally took me saying like you either use the brazilian or you don't and like you're right the same like you just need to make a commitment and i just went with it and, but before that when i was just feeling it out like it did feel weird I can't lie. It's it doesn't feel the same. If you're used to an American rope, it, it definitely doesn't feel the same. Yeah, no, it definitely gets different. But especially why they're bucking, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, it feels weird in the shoot, like you know, just because naturally you're not putting your center, your pinky on it because it's going to move. So you have to put it over a little bit, even if it's just a little bit over. It still feels different. Yeah. Oh goodness, no. So uh, you. What are you having surgery on? My shoulder, my right shoulder. Yep. This is, you had surgery on that one before, haven't I you? I have. Yeah, I've actually. This is my fourth shoulder surgery. Had two on my left, two on my right. I've had. This is my ninth surgery, in eleven years, something like that. You're doing it pretty good. You're doing it pretty I, good. Hey, I was doing good there for a minute. I had a good like this last season, even though it was a half a season. I was healthy the whole year. I finally was getting in my rhythm. I'd been healthy for like a year and then I freaking snapped my ankle in two and then freaking the second bull back, I freaking tear my rotator cuff from my shoulder. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's always fun. So I freaking, I, there for a minute, I felt like freaking uh, uh, Chase Outlaw <laughs> just getting hurt every freaking time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, that's a, that's another thing I don't really miss about bull riding is, uh, not being all banged up and hurt like it's pretty yeah. nice to wait. what's that like what's that like <laughs> come in well this year will be 
four years of uh, waking up not hurting, so I don't mind it. <laughs> how, I, how, how were you throughout your career, like injuries was? Like, take us through. Give me a list of your injuries. Give me, give me a list of like how many surgeries or injuries you've had. Uh, so I've had uh, three surgeries. Uh, uh, my first broken bone riding bulls was my femur oh. broke it uh when i was like uh seventh grade eighth grade i was young uh i actually i'm gonna have to wind up having another surgery to get uh i got a rod in my leg still uh, they put two of them in there and uh they got one out and the other one the other rod fused to my bone okay. so they cut out but now my bone is kind of rejecting the rod and it's actually pushing the rod out and that's what you're Is that correct? So I got this rod that's uh coming out. It's starting to come out down by my knee. And every time I take a step, I can feel that rod catching on my muscles. Oh. So, yeah, uh, at some point I'm going to have to have that taken out. But they can't guarantee me they can get it out without breaking my leg. So, <laughs> so I'm putting it off as long as I can until... Do they? Is it guaranteed that you're going to have to? Is there any chance it could, or is it just something you're going to have to do? Well, they can go in there and snip it off where it's at, but as far as it's already pushed out, like it'll be another ten years, and they'll have to go snip it off again because it's literally pushing it all the way out the bone. Uh, but well, I mean, if you, dang, that kind of sucks because like that's a deal too, probably where you probably do want to get that done while you're young versus, you know, if you wait, if you wait, you know, as long as you possibly can, like you're getting older too. So I'm sure your body's, you know, <laughs> I probably need to get it out, but I also can't afford to be, have yeah. a broken, broken right now. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Uh, and then, uh, uh, I don't know, I broke both collarbones, got a plate and screws in this one. Uh, I've had sh shoulder surgery, rotator cuff, and or broke the the oh the the round ball in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke that, and uh, well, that's about it, really. I've been pretty healthy. I can say you've been that's pretty good. I'll yeah, trade like, you. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I I've been really healthy, other than weak collarbones, I guess. Uh, yeah, I broke mine once. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that was the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, no, like, when I broke this collarbone, uh, it was in Vegas at the last Cowboy Standing. Okay. And, uh, man, I freaking bucked off. I smacked the ground on this shoulder, on this shoulder. Stood up, that bull smoked me, sent me flying. And then I landed back on that shoulder, and that bull hit this shoulder. So I don't know when it broke, but it shattered all that and it multiple pieces. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I didn't shatter mine. I just broke mine, just broke it clean. I didn't even have to get a plate in it. So. And it really wasn't no. that bad of recovery. That's why even my shoulder, I wish I would have just snapped my freaking arm in two. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know uh, that sounds bad, but I would have rather snapped my arm in two than 
really anything other than my shoulder, just because of the length of time that it takes to recover. With bones, it's like, okay, you got eight to 12 weeks, that bone's healed. <laughs> yep. And yeah, no, that's when the shoulder sucks. It just takes forever. And I don't know, it seemed like it knees and stuff, they suck too. It takes forever to heal or feel confident in yeah. them again. I feel like my my knee did pretty good. My knee wasn't bad. Uh, my ankle, like it's not bad. It I lost a lot of mobility. I think because of all my hardware that they had to put in it, uh, I lost a lot of mo- mobility in it. So that's been like the just getting mobility back has really been the only downside there. But the shoulder just sucks for the how long because it's just a, such a complex joint. Yeah. And he's going to do, it's funny because so my left shoulder which Tandy's done all of my my surgeries. This will be the first time I, I don't go through Tandy because of insurance purposes. So I'm doing a, going to St. Louis for a, a doctor that's, uh, he's a St. Louis Cardinals uh, surgeon. So, nice. but, um, so my left one, the first one was just like a slap tear, you know, bicep tendon, labrum tear. And then the second one was much worse. And so he did the ladder J. And so it's like, Basically, they reconstruct your freaking shoulder to where, like, your bicep tendon kind of will overlap that joint to kind of keep it from coming out more. But yeah. it, like, puts a weird spot in my, like, if I have my shirt off and I do that, like, there's, like, a big hole right in the front of my shoulder where they, like, had to move everything. And so the second surgery they're doing on my right one, he's going to do the ladder J again. So, so you're just... Yeah. <laughs> So literally, like my at least I'll be matching now, but it'll be nothing like what my shoulders were before. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it was funny, like the the doctor. So I went in there, and he like he knows me because my wife um, works for Mercy, so she's an athletic trainer for Mercy, and so she works for one of the other doctors, and so he knows me and stuff, and kind of knows my profession. But he saw the x-rays and the mri of my shoulder and he saw all the work tandy had to do beforehand and he's like it was like after that his assistant came in and they're like hey um he would like to take pictures and like videos of the surgery and stuff and like your your condition before and after would you know would you care if he shared this with people in articles or whatever and i'm like yeah that's fine (laughs) he's probably looked at my shoulder and like man this is jacked up (laughs) Uh, just a replacement may be better yeah, he's like, he's like, if this, if you'd have played baseball, it'd have been a career ender. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but when I did it the first time, I got so this one was like I landed with my arm above my head, and the bull stepped on my shoulder. That was that's that's I, how I happened. Yeah, that's how it happened the first time I had it, and it destroyed. Like it tore my rotator cuff, the bone that your rotator cuff attaches to. It broke that like broke that piece off, broke a bunch of bones in there. And so like when you look, I'll find I'll find the x-ray for everybody watching the podcast or where they can look at it. But you can see like my ball and everything in, in my joint, like from the x-rays, like it looks gnarly. Like that sucker is not, it is not supposed to look that way. <laughs> Pretty, but I'm sure it doesn't look like that. Yeah. I. It's funny too, like with doctors, I don't, people don't realize how good Tandy is. Especially even with, he understands, like, look, my job is to, this person's body is a tool that they're using for work. And my job is to make sure that tool can function the best way it possibly can. 
versus like a, a you know a doctor that's not in like extreme you know sports like this where it's you know extreme you know impact sports then i don't know it just changes things like they don't really see it they see it as hey you probably should like consider not riding anymore just for your overall health you know in the future <laughs> well i think my you know focus on overall health i think we passed that line a while back <laughs> i think we're too deep now doctor i think we're no. too deep <laughs> sure. then we'll talk <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they've going any going back it's like me and keith we were talking with like the team stuff just like our commitment to the pbr and i remember talking to keith and um, Keith is like, look, we're all in. Like, we have devoted our entire careers to this. So there's no going back at this point. Like, <laughs> we're not 21 anymore. You decide what you're going to do. And we've crossed that line. <laughs> no, I ain't no kidding. So do they still have the bull teams thing at, like, all the yeah. lost season? They do have the bull teams. And I will say this. You left maybe, like... Right after you left, things started to get better from the position you were in. I remember you riding, like, I used a stupid amount of bulls and not even getting back into short rounds and stuff like that. And that was the beginning of, like, the bull teams and everything. It's developed a lot since then. Okay, I, good. I think That's... at the beginning, bull team guys, they thought, let's bring a bunch of bulls that everybody's going to ride. And that's how we're going to win. But now... It's not so much that way. It's like you need to bring a bull, a guy's going to be 88 on. And not too many guys are going to ride him, but they should. And when they do, we're going to win a lot of money. Well, I mean, so. yeah. yeah I there's got to be. Or 87 yeah. making the freaking short round. Yeah, that I, I'll i never forget when we were going at that time. Because I was just starting. In 2017 was like my first year. I met you. So the first time I even heard Cody Rodeo Tyler, I, I think I've told you the story, was in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And um, we were, I, I like I went through the, I don't know if it was a day sheet or if I was talking to somebody and I heard somebody call you Rodeo and the, people were calling you Rodeo. And I'm just over there like this guy right here. This guy's never been on a bull. He probably come in here and his name's Rodeo. Like, and then... And then you were one. You were spotlighted. So then we did the walkouts and stuff, and you were spotlighted. I'm like, dang. <laughs> and I think that's... you were too. Oh gosh, that's awesome. No, you've never told me that. That was the first time I ever, like, because I when I started, like, I started in 2012, um, and I I went to practice pen, you know, and I went to college, but I wasn't really in your area. Like, I wasn't up by Oklahoma a bunch, even. When I first started, I was in Missouri, where I was down in Poplar Bluff going to college rodeos, and yeah. I didn't really like expand until I until 2016 when I went to PBR. That the first year I went, I hadn't um, really expanded much other than local deals, NFPBs and MRCAs and stuff. Yeah, and I I pretty much stayed Oklahoma, Texas. I only went to Missouri a handful of times. Like I I stayed back then. Because I would have been just look for you that made a lot of you know that makes a lot of sense because you'd have had to come over to Missouri and we would have had to take all your money, and we already take Oklahoma boys' money so much already. It's better, so, if, you know. 
I hate to say it. When I went to Missouri, I was bringing first place home. So, like, it, they just couldn't buck me off over there. You did, you did uh, strap a good one at freaking uh, that racetrack. Lucas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. remember that because uh, that bull, I didn't know any bull in there. Had no idea. I had no idea. And I'm like, I was even asking people, I'm like, what do I pick? So I didn't. Because oh, you was in the short round. You picked before me. Yo. I picked before you. Yeah. Well, yeah that's, the only, that's the only bull I knew in the short round. Okay. That's and last guy. Ooh. I take that back. I knew the, I did know one bull because it was one of Isaiah's that I picked. Yeah. But I didn't I at that time I didn't even know what what that bull was. But now it's looking back, that's funny because he was freaking he'd been to the NFR, I think, before then. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that bull <laughs> awesome. Yeah, salty dog. Like uh that's that's still the only time I've ever been on that bull, like was oh, there. Really? Huh. And yeah. you were were you ninety or eighty nine? Nine, yeah. Nine, dang. They should have gave you ninety there. Yeah, should have gave you ninety. As long I as always... what? But I always got on a bucker there of jacks every year in the short round. Every year I got on a bucker there of jacks. I like jack. I like getting on jack spools. I've I've kind of grew up getting on jack spools. Like they had the JBRs back in the day, and uh, he. Ever since like steer riding peewee bulls, like he he'd always bring those bulls, and I always like getting on his pen. You probably got on Jack and Jeans quite a bit then, and LJ's. Uh, LJ. How much, how much was LJ taking though? Like, I really didn't have bulls back when I was younger. Uh, I I kind of remember like I was in high school when I first went to LJ's for the first time. Uh, but. Oh, you went to Dirty Ears probably quite a bit. No, no. It, huh. That's interesting. I I went to Dirty Ears. I remember going, this would have been early on, like me and Cole Fisher, when we were kind of starting to expand and like move, you know, try to move out and go more places. And we went to, um, we went over to Dirty Ears a few times. That's where I met uh, Wyatt Rogers. Yeah. I met Wyatt um, at there, and that was back when he was doing CBRs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, ago. He, he just baby. Yeah, yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he was like the next big thing, and then Zane, Zane was going. Yep. No. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really didn't do too much over in eastern Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know. I was always central, and there's so many guys around me that own bulls that yeah, I didn't. Have Did you go do a lot of BOAs? Not BOAs. Um, B uh, BRIs. No, I really isn't it really? So what what associations were really around you then? Uh, see, and I didn't really go for associations. Like, I you just went, I, to, you just went to open deals then and PBRs. Yeah, I I just went to really open stuff. Like, I went to I did a year of pro rodeo when I first turned eighteen. Yeah uh made the circuit finals there and then i was like ah this really isn't for me pr so i took off for the pbr after that i've never done prca never bought my prca card i have thought about it especially now with they have the extreme bulls i i wouldn't mind probably going to a few of those uh no extreme bulls would be a lot better but i don't know 
I just didn't like sitting through the whole rodeo just to get on or got a. I was in the slack a couple times. Uh-huh. Which, terrible. Like, <laughs> no. For me, yeah, I, I know because everybody is all about the rodeo lifestyle, right? I PRTA because of the rodeo lifestyle, but then like. There's always that fear that maybe, you know, if you come from not that rodeo lifestyle and then you start trying to rodeo, you won't like that lifestyle very much. <laughs> no. no. Uh, when I was going to open stuff, like, I was very conscious about uh, added money. Like, oh. I didn't go if it was like a $500 deal. Yeah. Like, I was hitting, like, only stuff that was like two two grand added max. Yeah. Nowadays, so, that's not very hard. There's a no. lot of money. Man, I would travel quite a bit. I would go to Texas and all the surrounding states just to hit those bull ridings. Other than going to some little thing right next down the road. Uh, so, I don't know. I, 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 some of those little do- deals can pay, though. Yeah. There's, no, there's they can. You have to know. I, you, have to, you have to be well informed on what deals nobody's going to stay on. If you know that you're the only guy that's going to stay on, sometimes you can make you can walk out with more money. Uh, the couple times I did try to hit those smaller deals, like there'd be like three bull riders at this 500 added bull ride rodeo, whatever. <laughs> every, every time I showed up like that, all three guys rode. <laughs> Some kicker or something and not giving any money. Like, oh, here's 50 bucks and you had $100 fees, you know, like. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) Crap. (laughs) Yeah, no joke. Yeah, that is always the worst. That's the downside. Because even like, so I went to those MRCAs when I come back, and a lot of them were paying really good. Like, it'd be 500 to 1,000 added, and I'd be the only guy to stay on, walk out with 1,500. One of them was like $3,800, only guy to stay on. 80 guys got on. I was the only guy to stay on. And then... so that's great and all, but then there's the times where you go there and they fill all the holes and it was only yeah. 700 added and you walk out of there with like 300 bucks, you yeah. know, you're like, dang, I went, I went to one, it was, so I, I rode the IPRA bull of the year for 88 and a half and I think I won $320. <laughs> I was like, really? But at the same time, I also have been like 76 points and walk out there with like, you know, 1800 new Windsor, Illinois. I, I've, I've gone there multiple times and won a pile because new Windsor is, um, so Hampton, it's a Hampton production. Him and Burris will bring bulls there, but Burris doesn't bring as much. Burris just has sweet bulls anymore. Back in the day, he had some man killers, but anymore, like he's a guy, sweet pen. Back in the I didn't mind them. I think I got on one there that ran off, and I was the only guy to stay on all weekend. I won like it was quite a bit. It was like six grand. Heck yeah! It was like seventy-two points, something like that. Man, oh goodness! So it works its way out. What's up, everybody? I'm thrilled to announce a fantastic partnership between the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Rodeo Life isn't just a coffee brand. It's a veteran-owned business that epitomizes the principles of hard work, dedication, and perseverance in all their products. As an avid consumer of Rodeo Life coffee, 
I am proud to align myself with a company that mirrors my values and resonates with our audience. Supporting this veteran-owned business is not only a testament to our shared ethos, but also a way to give back to those who have served our country. This partnership promises exciting content, collaborations, and surprises for all our listeners and the rodeo community. You can anticipate special episodes featuring the Rodeo Life experts and even a chance to win some Rodeo Life merchandise. We look forward to this journey with Rodeo Life and the enriching experience it will bring our audience. Join us as we venture into this partnership, fueled by a passion for rodeo and a great cup of Rodeo Life coffee. Stay tuned for more exciting updates and the amazing things to come from the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Make sure you go to rodeolifeofficial.com and check out all their sweet merch. Are you searching for that perfect statement? Look no further than Bluegrass Engraving, where creativity meets craftsmanship. Their specialty lies in creating custom buckles and dip cans, but that's not all. They redefine elegance with an exquisite line of jewelry. And for those who appreciate a little flair, check out their engraved guns collection. At Bluegrass Engraving, they don't just create products, they craft experiences. Visit Bluegrass Engraving today and let them turn your visions into engraved realities. Bluegrass Engraving, where artistry meets authenticity. Hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom-fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this. The founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. But the bull teams have, that's really, with the velocity, that's really what it's become. And nowadays, there's two on each weekend, too. So that helps a lot. Spreads the guys out a little bit more. Spreads the guys out a little bit more. Although, I will say this. What are your What's your opinion on this? Because Cody Custer, um, he talks about it. But it, Cody, he was saying that he thinks that it should be harder to get on the UTV. So you... Like, you shouldn't just be able to get into it at velocity and win it and then go to the UTV because of the caliber of bulls that are at the UTV. So, like, you know, like, there could be a guy that goes in there. Like, for instance, um, this year, I think one guy with 84 points and won the entire event. And so he got his UTV, you know, and he was only 84. And um, there are a few guys there that me and Keith were watching last year. There's one guy. He almost won an event. A couple times but like you could tell like he only rode two bulls and kind of you want borderline like you know what kind of guys are you send into that level yeah. if you're gonna bring if the contrast you know between bulls is that much different and i think certainly it is i i do what's your thoughts on i don't know like uh i it's hard because like that's how i made it 
on tour and everything. But like, I also had enough points when I first made it in 17, like, uh, I had enough points where the first cut, like I was going up there yeah, and then up went an event and getting to go up there before the, cut. so, uh, I don't know. It just, <laughs> like the the guys that are ready for it will step up and make it work but it's the guys that aren't ready for it like That's they're just question. yeah and how many okay how many guys you know being honest too like to be the devil's advocate against that how many guys are maybe not ready but they they at the same time are like how many times are you in your career completely ready to move to that next level? Some guys are, but, yeah. but there's, I think there are guys out there that need that, you know, at the same time, maybe that's wrong too. Cause, cause there are guys that they go pro rodeo or they stay and they really develop their skill set, And it's not as a big of adjustment. It, it's still a pretty major adjustment, but I, I'm not sure on that end. Like, I don't know that there's been too many guys that are completely unprepared to accidentally win a velocity. I guess is what I'm saying. How can know. that actually happen? <laughs> Before all the bull team stuff, you know, like, uh, they're like, you've seen the same guys all the time. And like, it was, you just knew some of those younger kids, like when they did struggle, like, it was like, no, you just need a breakthrough. Like you need one breakthrough, get a little confidence under your belt, and then you're 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 taken off. Yeah. And I I don't even know who's on tour anymore, or I probably don't even know most of them. Uh, but I don't know. I bet like I I bet if we looked at that, like it would be a bunch of those kids that were younger that needed a boost that are up there now, you know, like so I don't know. It just it's time i think i think the one thing that i would probably agree on like it should be harder to get up there i don't think it should be as much back and forth yeah you know what i mean i i think this the past year so they've changed things too by the way so like last year okay cody so they didn't go by so they broke it up so first of all the world final so the utb has its own point system the velocity had its own point system they're not connected anymore so, yeah, correct. So so what happens is they go off of the past two weeks. Whoever has the most world points is what they call them. They don't call you like your points in the velocity tour will not help you make the world finals. Only your UTV points will. However, your velocity points will help you get on the UTV. OK, so, so this is a weird thing. Last year, I I ended up seventh in the velocity tour. OK. And I didn't get one event because I I never won an event. I took second multiple times, and I won a lot of rounds. So I get I gained a lot of points. In any other year, I had enough points where I would have been seated on the UTB to, for multiple events at least, right? But because of the way it worked, if you win an event, you're guaranteed two events. Okay, you're guaranteed two events. Yep, if you win one. Yeah, right. If you don't win one, then you're not guaranteed any events, but because of how many points I had, I was able to go up and get on the, like, basically they had events where if you ride, if you're outside of the top 30, if you ride, you move on to the next round on the UTB, and if you buck off, you're done for the weekend. And so 
a lot of times throughout the year, me and can you hear me? Type, yeah, it was the last cowboy standing type deal, like a like a bracket system like that, or like no, it's not a bracket system. Basically, it's you know the first round they'll buck forty head or forty five head, and then the second round they're only going to buck thirty five or thirty, and then they'll have a championship round. Okay, that's yeah. Yeah, so they did that. So it's kind of weird, like you know. This past year, it's like if you won an event, you guaranteed two. But if you just rode good, it was really difficult to get like any guaranteed bulls, you know, past. Oh. It's just a, it's the the point system. Since you have been riding in the PBR since two thousand twenty, well, three years has yeah. changed probably forty billion times. I mean, it changed every year when I was there, so. It's changed every year and multiple times through the year. In fact, the last year was weird because throughout the season, they went back and forth three times on whether like your torn pro points counted for the velocity for velocity points. So they, they started the year off. They were separate torn pros with a separate separate deal. Your velocity counted towards velocity. Right. And then they changed it. And then they changed it, and then they changed it back again. So at the end of the year, Torn Pros counted towards velocity points. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, crazy. I don't. That's one thing. I'm. I need to read the rules book this year. I want to. Now that I'm not riding, like because my shoulder, I want to see how many times some of these points change throughout the year. I'm just curious on. On what's going to change, and how long? I, I this is getting into this because this is a good question. How long do you think they're going to stay split up between the regular season and the team series? Do you think they're going to continue to keep it that way? I I have no idea. Uh, probably just because I don't know. I'm sure they're making a killing on this team thing. So yeah, they will probably hold on to that, or they will probably. Ghost all that if it makes enough money. I did that. It has to be money. If right now, I mean, all the different tours and stuff they're doing, and with this new Kid Rock thing, and I'm sure they're gonna keep doing a bunch of other stuff. It seems to me like they're testing everything just to see what makes the most. Yeah, I don't know. The most money. It has to be the only yeah. way. Why would you? Because the the biggest thing that you know, like Sean and stuff talks about frequently is how much more money there is in in bull riding now and that he's produced you know this much more money what's interesting is you've produced more money but you're just it's just being spread out everywhere like like how much going back riders what was that how much of it's actually going back to the riders like has the pay increased or well it hasn't it hasn't increased per event it's actually went down i i believe unless they changed it this year to win so it used to be a hundred thousand dollar check if you won a major and it's not it was seventy five thousand last time last year but they have i think they have increased money for contestants but it's just spread out over you know more people so you're not necessarily winning more money as an individual it's just more individuals are winning more money does that make sense like they're just instead of paying eight places they're paying 12 or something Right. right yeah yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, that's done. And, and when but, they when they add money instead of adding money to specific pots, 
they're spreading it out. So like this new deal with, you know, Kid Rock, like that's a million dollars that they just took instead of adding it in other places, they just created something new. Some of that could be possibly the people that are upfronting that money. So PBR is not paying that million dollars out. Somebody is. So maybe there was a deal where a company's like, hey, we want to do this. I don't know. So, but it is interesting. Like me and Kyler Oliver, we were just talking about this the other day on the podcast. And Kyler was like, they're just freaking spreading money everywhere. You know, he's (laughs) like, it's almost like they're just freaking, you know, you know, they owe in debt and they're borrowing money from the bank to pay the debt they owe. <laughs> so they're going in more debt and they're just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but they just keep adding more and more stuff. And um, since then that this came out. So I think it's hilarious. <laughs> That's a lot of, I don't have TV, so I don't really watch. Or I can't watch any of it. So it just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's changed so much since I was there. Like, I'm glad to hear the bull team deals gotten somewhat better. Yeah. I will say the bull teams for the, it, it's kind of a, a, a bad deal for guys that make a living putting on rodeos and having lots of stock and, you know, Justin Cornwell's of the world and Mike Miller's, you know, Sonny Williams, those guys, the bull teams can't be helping at all. And I, you know, I, I feel bad for those guys, you know, cause I mean, it's no fault of their own that, you know, all that's happened. But on the other end, as far as the bull riding world and the whole industry, I think that it's been for the benefit. It's created more, more people that are passionate about bull riding You know, you have a lot of guys that would have never been able to have 40 head, but they can have 14 bulls and they can take those four bulls that they own and go and compete with them and have fun and be able to, you know, make their money back. So, and I think that it's been good for maybe even some level of skill development in helping guys coming up, you know. Yeah. But I know it's good getting on solid bulls like that just makes you better. But I don't know. I've, I don't. I I'm not for bring your own rider deals. Yeah, the uh, I don't like those either. Like that's what killed me. Like because I was like, yeah, I'll do that after uh, I did the PBRs. I did that for a little bit. The bring your own rider stuff. I got tired of getting on the same bull. <laughs> like I was like, no, put me on something else. Like please put me on something else <laughs> like i'm i got it was it killed me like and like that's all i see on facebook now with these younger kids that i do know like it's like every weekend i see them get on the same bull every weekend somewhere else and i'm like bro stop that like stop that. <laughs> well yeah and when when we're gonna find out what the team like so even the team deals kind of like that right now it's a little different but guys are getting matched up with bulls in the team series what's that going to do to the overall you know rider skill set we're going to find out this year we'll probably find out more about that come after chicago before chicago everybody from a fan base if you're watching the pbr right now yeah the pbr is on the east coast they are getting on weaker bulls that will not happen all year when they yeah. get out of the East Coast and they start getting into the Midwest and they start getting into Albuquerque and they start getting to Kansas City and they start getting, you know, 
there's gonna be some heat. There's gonna be some heat in, in Oklahoma. You start you start Midwest and start working your way out west, and you're gonna start getting on some bucking bulls, and that that'll you know say a lot. Yeah. About you know the skill set overall, specifically because of that you're used to getting on weaker bulls and stuff, and then you know step up. But then some of these guys, if you, if they've been going to just bull team events or going to the team series and been matched up, you know, what does that look like? You know, especially in the championship round. <laughs> I I don't know. Is this gonna be crazy? I don't the, the bull industry will be the question mark around all of this. Like even the team series is quite a lighter load. Like you're getting matched up. I think in one way it could help as far as this, your really ranked bulls are going to be matched up with guys. Yeah. So you may get, see some of these ranker bulls get rode more just because the guys getting on them will consistently be matched up with them. Yeah. But at the other side, if they if the regular season stays the same, that makes it, you know, much more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, you're going to have a handful of guys getting on those buckers the whole time. Like, I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's gotten hard enough. Last year, last year, they went four events, I believe, in a row without riding one championship round bull. And that's at the highest level, and guys aren't getting it done four weekends in a row. That's pretty yeah. impressive on on the bull caliber. Yeah, no, that's and shoot, that happens. Like, like uh, it happened on the fifteen fifteens when they do. They still have those the fifteen fifteens. They got rid of them this year. Maybe I need to ask. I Kyle, me and Kyler talked about the fifteen there for a minute. Cody, uh, were you at the event in Billings? I don't know what year that was. When there was 45 guys that showed up and only 21 got on in the championship Sunday because everybody was hurt. <laughs> no, no. <coughs> I was at Billings two years. Uh, one year I was with you. Yeah. Up there. You had your... I think that was the first year I ever got on tour. It was 2017. And then... Uh... Yeah, that would have been a different year. That would have been 2021 maybe. 20 half the guys half were of, hurt yeah tell me that that's not nuts so people like thinking okay so you look at and because but, but think about it so billings is a three-day event and so that's four bulls plus a 15 of 15 so for yeah. some people, that was five freaking bulls and, and the 15 15 for me i'd never liked just because like if you weren't in the top 15 like you didn't get a shot at those extra points, you know, like, yeah, right. I didn't like that. Like, cause it's only a select few that and honestly, if you were going to do that, why not just take the top 15 bulls and make a short round and just be like, look, you know, I don't Cause it's like two short rounds like yeah. that you're getting, like, it just didn't make sense to me, but I don't know if they were trying to do stuff for the, fans or i don't know whatever they, they were trying i think since the, i don't know if it's that event specifically that was the worst i think i'd been on that was bad i was hurting i was hurting so bad but i, I when i looked at the day sheet and saw only 21 guys were getting on or 22 i was like i have to get on i can't be i, I can't be one more i was in yeah. 
They threw enough of us in bad shape. It looked like a freaking hospital, like a war hospital in the sports med room. Like they were just carrying people, carting people back. Yeah. Oh man. So that that would be rough. Like uh I don't know. That's crazy. Half of them Half to, of to be and it, I it really just shows like the bull caliber and how much can guys handle these this it's the toughest guys in the world i don't know too many other sports that are as like you know have as tough as individuals and i say toughness is just like a will to get on like to have that many guys at that level not getting on because they're beat up that's some serious stuff so that's a big deal with arcadia too so in arcadia in 2000 oh heck I was 21, maybe 20. I'd have to look. So we all said, like, like we didn't, weren't even getting on. Did you ever hear this story? No. Dude. <laughs> okay, so in Arcadia in, like, 2020, 2021, all right? So this was, oh, when I broke my collarbone, because I was 88 and a quarter that, that night, okay? So we get there in Arcadia, um, and uh, Cooper Davis called me the night before. It's like, hey you know, we've, we're going to show up to this event. I'm going to send you like a, you know, a paperwork and stuff of like what we're asking for. At that time, the PBR wanted to make a long go, short go every day. So they wanted to make each day a separate event. So if it was a two day event, that was technically two separate events. Right. And yeah. that was coming out of COVID where there was like TV. So it ha it had to do with contract. I'm sure it was television contracts. Like they probably were required to show so many events right and so they're like okay well we'll just make separate events that way we can get double the events that way if covid or anything crazy happens we meet our contract i'm i don't know if that's the case but i'm gonna guess that's the case so like that became a, a major issue because now we're getting on riders we're getting on double the short rounders for less pay at that point we're taking a pay cut because we're getting on more bulls and the pay wasn't changing so yeah. we all got all the guys in the top 35 in the world signed a thing saying that we would not get on that day unless they changed the rules. And and we also in that was like the pay increase, like, hey, it's been 20 years and we're not making any more money. Like the, to win an event is no more money. It's even less at some events than it was in 2008 or something when they. So anyway, so it's five minutes before the bull riding starts and nobody's even got their gear out of the bag. Like all of our gear is in their vehicle. The CBS, it's on CBS and it's about to start in five minutes. And um, so it was like we, Sean Gleason didn't even see it coming. Like he was completely, <laughs> completely blindsided him. <laughs> I blindsided, I didn't even know it was coming. I mean, there was, a, there was obviously a few guys that had, this planned out and then there was a bunch of us that you know really didn't you know know what was going on until we got there so we all yeah. we we all we all basically we made a compromise at that side where they were still gonna do a long go short go like it was a separate event you know but it was gonna be it was gonna be fake so basically they made it one event like we said and then the short go they said look because we are under contract, we have to buck X amount of bulls. So does anybody want to get on these bulls? We'll pay you a thousand dollar a piece to get on a, a, a short rounder. And 
Um, and then we'll just whoever. Well, at that point, and I, I still believe in it because at that point, I'm like, well, if I'm fighting for not getting on more bulls, like, you know, if that's what I'm willing not to get on, why the heck would I, you know, just volunteer myself? So like a bunch of us, a bunch of us said, screw that. We're not getting on two bulls today. We'll get on our short road, short rounder tomorrow for the event. Cause this yeah. basically would have been just like a mount out. And that was actually when uh, Zeke rode smooth operator for like 92 or something like that. It was a mount out. No way. So we all stood up and made the sign the contract since then it's all nothing's really came back up, but. I mean, he, Cooper was even talking at that time, like about unionizing and all of that kind of crazy stuff. But yes, see, I've I've learned more on this podcast today than uh, I ever thought I would have. Like, man, yeah. I've so much, and I'm kind of <laughs> kind of happy I did a little bit. <laughs> That's there's been a lot go down. There's been a lot go down, and and I don't know. It's a weird thing because like the way the PBR set up as a business and stuff, like there's not really a lot of guys like you talk about unionizing and stuff like that. And almost all sports have it. I'm not even necessarily for unions. Like in, in general, I think that it's better off not to have unions, but at the yeah. same time, like if you're owned by a corporate business that doesn't care about you and, and you work, you know, if, like we do, like, a, t- a union would actually be beneficial in helping protect us maybe from from yeah. stuff um, yeah. but <laughs> i don't know a sport because like you're literally laying your body on the line every single time it's like not like most sports are like yeah you can have an injury but like it's guaranteed pretty much in this sport like it, it is definitely guaranteed i i of all people i can tell you that it is guaranteed it's gonna happen like so it's like I don't know. That's silly to me. Like that's. Oh, and that's crazy. I'm so. I don't know how much too. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't know how much they're testing too. Like how, how many guys do they have the PBR? So the PBR and it's no, it's no joke. Like the PBR, um, you know, when people talk about them not caring about riders and like us just being a number, you know, going through the machine, like it it is true. That's what happens. They're, they're putting, they have a business, they have a production. We they need us to put on this, you know, to actually run a successful business. And but I wonder how much with all of this going on, they're testing how many guys do they have? Because if they have a bunch of guys, then it makes sense for them to just keep putting us through the grinder, you know? Yeah. They'll weed out. So yeah. They- right. Yeah. And then the guys that don't make it won't. But if you do are limited on, you know, athletic capabilities then that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna create some issues yeah oh gosh because it's not yeah. it's not like other sports you know where injuries are a real thing <laughs> yeah yeah no and i don't know i don't i i almost want to start watching the pbr again just so i could have a better conversation about all this stuff because i'm so out of the Watch okay. How about how about this? What we'll do is you watch some more PBR, and we'll do another podcast because I'm I'm I truly am interested. On you have a unique perspective where you got you rode at the highest level, right? <laughs> you rode at the very highest level in the sport of bull riding, and you exited right before 
major corporate changes as far as like the direction of the PBR. The corporate PBR took this industry in a whole new direction. See, following I, you coming out, and I'm I'm honestly curious what what you see now opposed to what you you saw and experienced then, as far as the contrast. Yeah, because I thought with the bull teams it was ruining it. You know, like I I really did. <laughs> bull teams are the least of anybody's concerns right now with the PBR. Man, and I I love the PBR. I. I love the brand. I ride for the brand. I would be riding for the brand right now if, you know, I was healthy enough. So I'm not coming. I know some people are very pessimistic and like I believe in the truth. And so some things I think needs changed for the betterment of the sport. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I love the PBR and, and they've provided a lot of opportunity for us as riders. Um, but yeah. It's in tr- we're just in a, such a unique spot, like team sport. Like what? <laughs> That's it's it's a, a big adjustment. What does that look like? Because it's it's never been a team sport, you know. So and the, 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 I I've said this from the beginning. There's some great things that could come with the team sports, and I think those things are guaranteed money, you know, and hopefully as we go, like these teams will take care of the riders like yeah. the PBR should have done before teams. And with the PBR not owning these teams, they they did it last year with making sure that everybody, even on a practice guy, got paid. Um, so is the PBR going to start addressing some of these issues? And they may. Now that they don't have to pay the money out, so what's a, what's like a what's a practice roster guy? What's he make? I think it's eight hundred or a thousand dollars a week, guaranteed. So it's just a show up check, like, like yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's a show up check, but you don't even have to be there. Like a practice squad guy doesn't have to show up to get his check. So this is what happened: the first year, the PBR owns two teams. Okay, there's no there's no required practice squad pay. So there was a, a lot of guys on the practice squad that weren't getting paid. They were just, they got paid if they got, uh, you know, bumped up to the regular, but they didn't get paid just being practice squad going places. Well, after the first year, the PBR sold both of their teams. So the PBR now doesn't own any team. And then they required all the teams, if you were to have practice squad guys, you had to pay them weekly. So I think that's ironic that the second the PBR doesn't have to pay the money out, they require everybody to. Well, yeah. Well, they they learn from their bad mistakes. You know, that's that's what good business owners do is they learn from bad mistakes. So, <laughs> but here's the kicker. So this is the funny part. They make this rule. So you think, oh, they're gonna more guys are gonna get paid. That's just awesome. Everybody thought this going into the year. Come to find out, the teams they're like, well, why would we even have guys on our practice squad? So unless it was just a specific person, they're like, okay, if we don't put this guy on our practice squad, he will go to another team. They just didn't sign practice squad guys, didn't have to pay the money out. So you had teams that didn't even have full practice squad guys this year, this past year. And that's. So, but, but look, there's something happening where there's a back and forth. If it continues to progress the right direction, then it will benefit the riders if they can, you know, hold on to that. But. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you team aspect of it like 
I think you should have a full roster, you know, like they have a full roster enough to go and compete. Like they didn't, but some of them didn't have very many practice squad guys. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's like, to me, that's like, you know, like three guys on a team against a bunch of little kids, you know, like, like, is that really? There's one team. I think Cord McCoy's team had a full, I think their team had a full practice squad. It was like 13 or 14 guys. And that's like, but like, if I don't know how many, how many guys go to on a team event? How many, how many are guaranteed? All I know is that I went and freaking went to the combines. I won the combine championship and I didn't even get picked up on a practice squad team and they had open spots. How bad, how bad does the team not want you on their team when they're like, Hey, we got a free opening here. We got an open on our practice squad, but let's just let's just leave it. Let's not even pick anybody up. We can <laughs> they, either. I would have been like homeless out there, like, please pick me. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, they wouldn't have picked me either. So don't don't I don't yeah, don't too bad. There's a uh, there's a lot. I the whole what's interesting is is like to their director of marketing. Um, I think it's marketing. I don't know, director of the teams. I'm not sure what his title is, but he's over all the team stuff and he was talking about like trying to go into the direction of having minor leagues so instead of velocity velocities you have minor league teams so like you'd have the memphis team or you know the wichita you know so they take take those velocities cities and stuff and make how many guys do you think that are out there that's my question well, with this team thing like everything too i don't know how many guys are out there i think it should be like regular thing i think you should have to pack up and move move to that and if they go to the go to new york support your city like yeah i agree living in texas and be home they could do it if they would pay guys there'd be no way they could do it right now yeah no like if you're gonna do it do it make them make them do everything like it's just crazy to me i don't know well they want to they want to they want to do all of it but they don't want to pay for it yeah, but I mean, yeah. they're squeaking by and getting everything ready. So I don't know. It's crazy. It's so freaking crazy. Uh, I don't know. I've got to start watching some so I can be a better podcast mate on this because I. Hey, we'll do another one. You watch it, and then we'll we'll fall yeah. back. Is it like the team series now, or no, how's the season now? So now the regular season is through May. And you can watch it on Pluto too. So the velocities, watch the velocities too. Okay, so from like when when's it November to May? So it's okay. It's November to May. the The UTV starts in November. The velocity doesn't start until this coming weekend. What? Yeah, yeah. They they give. I guess there's torn pros in Fort Worth. That's about it. Yeah. so they do like they do. right we would be like oakland was like around the corner like every year like it would be the same yeah it's the same as what it was when you were going because it was the first weekend of january but generally the utb season was on break and they've changed that there's no break it, they literally go from they go from the team series into the utb season there may be one week break 
two week. That's it. You're getting on bulls all year. Forty eight weekends out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing both, yeah. That's Yeah. It's intriguing. <laughs> I mean, most some of the guys are doing it anyway, they would do it regardless, but it is a lot. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, we was going about that much too, but I don't know. I can't. I, I wouldn't be able to do it now. Like that's for sure. I I like to be home. Man, I could only imagine after taking four years off what it would be like taking you down the road. <laughs> that would be terrible, honestly. Like I I probably fall asleep the first hour in the car. Be like Dakota. Dakota's like, hey, I'll drive, but you're gonna have to ask me. <laughs> oh gosh yeah well, people don't realize how much traveling we do we put on i mean keith calculated it from january to may last year we drove fifty thousand miles i believe that it's a lot i i always and people always say you know rodeo you travel more i don't think so you you travel just as much <laughs> yeah uh, just, you just you're gone more rodeo yeah. you're gone more because you yeah. you may have a run where you're you know, you're hitting a run Monday through Thursday that the farthest you're apart from one another could be, I don't know, seven hours. Or you're Cole Fisher and you decide that you're going to, you know, not sleep ever. You just drive across the country and get on. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't want to do that either. Uh, but yeah, no, that's so much traveling. Like, uh, how many hours did we spend in a vehicle just driving there to well, get on? That and trip then that you won. That trip that you won, we started off in, did we start off in Wichita? Where did we start? I know we went to California. You took, so you took first in California. Was it Bakersfield or uh, Ontario? It was Oakland. Oakland. So you won Oakland. We went to Oakland. You won Oakland. Then we drove to Pueblo. I took second at Pueblo. I fell off at Denver. Did you ride at Denver? I know. Yeah. Uh, and then we went I, to Portland, Oregon. I won Portland. That was the last I, one. The short round that year in Denver, but uh, yeah. And then we went to Portland. We went. Yeah, we and, did all of it. And then we uh, had to put tire chains on. Yeah. Through the blizzard. Yeah. Oh shoot! That was man. We drove a lot that that trip. That was a freaking. That was a wild trip. Just how long it was. We were gone for three weeks, two weeks. Yeah. It was about three weeks, and then I don't know. I always, I was always gone during the summer too. Uh, what did on the you do? What did you do in the summertime? Did you go to uh, Burgers or close to your house? I, I just went to Burgers events. Oh, Chad's. Oh, yeah, those. Man, he's done good events for a long time. Those events are awesome. He takes really good care of the guys. So heck yeah, I was always going up there. Man, what was the what's that process like when you retired to not being? How long did it take before you didn't have an itch to leave, or did you never? Was did you get your fill of traveling completely? Oh yeah, no. So over traveling, like uh, I got to where at the end of it, especially with the bull team deal and not making money and riding the bulls and everything, like I was so over that, like I didn't want to leave the house, like yeah. to drive the next event like i was just like i don't even want to go so <laughs> i don't know 
that's where it really all started. Hey, is. hey, if I ever get that point, I'm I'll be done too. If oh, I was uh, that 2019 it for me. Like it was so bad. Those bull team events killed it for me. I was like, don't even want to go to it. Like, don't know why I'm going to it. Like, it got bad because like I started drinking a lot before I got on and everything just to make it more interesting. Yeah, I <laughs> Like, and I was still riding my bull. It's probably not a good direction to go to. Man, this just it just doesn't get me excited. So I need to find something that's gonna make this more dangerous and more exciting. <laughs> yeah and like i don't know i was still riding my bulls and still not making the short round so i was like mm, well gotta try something else <laughs> oh it was bad it was bad yeah i we we do travel a lot yeah i've been i've been everywhere you've been everywhere probably in in inland at least yep yeah i've, I've been 48 states yep same yeah, I yeah. want to go. I want to go uh, to Hawaii or Alaska and ride. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, I don't want to go to Alaska. I don't like the cold. Uh, I I did go to Australia in 2019. PBR paid for that. Okay. Uh, uh, that was the that was my last PBR event. Was uh, Australia? Really, Australia? I I'd like to go to Australia and ride. Yeah. I've never. It was, it was never, awesome. I've heard a yeah. lot of good things. Yeah, no, it just popped up on my time hop actually, because we went right after the velocity finals, and uh, yeah, it popped up on my time hop the other day. All my times there and everything. Okay. Wrote a wrote a bang tang. Bang tang. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, it's like it's like they're water buffalo looking things. Oh no, joke! Like they're wild, uh, wild. Uh, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, no, they're 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 weird. They're built almost like uh Mexicans, Mexican fighting bulls. Oh, like okay. they're yeah, freaking yeah, all the way. And I don't know. I got on, I got on one my first event there, and uh, they're they're weird. Uh, a bull bucked off Jess Lockwood when they had the World Cup over there. They're just they're so weird and. I don't know. A lot of people don't like getting on them, but I made it a point. I actually got on one at a practice pen just because I wanted to go over there and I wanted to ride one. Oh, gotcha. So I got I got one on the practice pen and I'm freaking stuck him. So I was pretty that's excited. Cool. Yeah, that is. That's cool. I went to Saudi Arabia. That's the only place I rode outside of. Y'all, I'll tell you again, man. Y'all was so brave for that because I thought y'all was going over there to get beheaded. Beheaded. Like... <laughs> It, it was sketchy at times, but I don't know that it was. I mean, the, the sketchiest part was like we were as close to uh, um, it's, it's, it's Syria. Like we were, we were close to um, Riyadh, but we were actually, yeah. What's what's the country right there that Iran that borders Saudi Arabia? Do you even know? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right now. But we were really close to like terrorist country. And Dave Rice did not tell I probably shouldn't have said Dave's name, but oh well. Anybody that looks it up knows. They did not tell the freaking US that we were going over there. 
So it was like a big deal when we went over there and it like, I don't know, the embassy or whatever got flagged for like 30 Americans going over to Saudi Arabia. Which it's not like, look, we're allies and stuff, but still, you can't just get, at that time anyway, I don't think you can now, but you couldn't just get a ticket to go over to Saudi. Like, we had to have work visas, and we had to go through the process. <laughs> yeah. I the U.S. Probably... obviously is going to know, so, like, they put it on, like. Oh, they're, they're doing something. They're doing something. They're making a move. <laughs> they're making Iraq. I think that's where it is. So we were really close to Iraq. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm glad y'all did it, but I don't know. It was a cool. I, yeah, uh, it wasn't for me. I didn't want to be away <laughs> either, and I definitely didn't want to be in the desert. Like, if I'm going somewhere, like, I'll go to Australia again. Like, well, that's awesome. So when we when we went, we were under the assumption that we were going to be in first class, that this was going to be like they were going to build and they did build like a city there. But it was going to be like high end, Riyadh, like everything. We got dumped in the desert. We stayed in like these little like little trailer things. It was we lived in the desert. We were not in Riyadh. We went a couple times like it was we were in the desert enough where those guys, they would they would go and they would pee out in the desert. Right. And then. They would squat down and grab a bunch of dirt and just throw it up in their junk. <laughs> and they did that's what they would do and go pee out in the desert. Oh no. gosh. It was a yeah. different culture, I'll tell you that. Yeah, no. Okay. Good. But really cool people over there. They had a festival. So they had a festival over there. So there were tons of different countries, all of these Stanian countries and stuff. So it was kind of cool to get it like go and talk to people from different countries. There was actually Canada. There were a few people from Canada we hung out with over there. Heck yeah. No, that's pretty awesome. It just I'm did it wasn't me. Hey, remember when we signed up to go to China? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been something. We probably would have died though, because was it gang violence? Is that why they ended up not doing it? Yeah. Uh yeah, no. Yeah. Uh I did yeah we signed up for that. I'm so glad that didn't go through. Like, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> if there's a place to go, I don't know that it's China. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that they didn't do that or whatever, but crazy. I, would, I don't know. I would do a lot of countries, but not, not, not that. that one. <laughs> signed up for it. Yeah, since so the guy that signed up for it. Yeah. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know that when we went to, is it Newark, New Jersey? Is that right? I believe it's Newark, New Jersey. Really yeah. dangerous. They sent a letter out there when we went there. because They had the UTB there. Last yes. They sent a letter out saying, be very careful when you walk to the stadium. Do not leave your hotel. Like, very violent place. <laughs> and you're wearing cowboy hats. Yeah, you you have a target on your head, pretty much. Like <laughs> we say, we say that, but it also draws a lot of attention to you as well. Yeah, it does, and I don't think I don't know. Uh, I don't think a lot of people like the violent people would try and do that just because it would make more of a spectacle. You know, like it would probably drag too much attention to them. So, uh, but like, gotta, like fight with like a group of people, it wouldn't be the time to go like bar fighting. You know, a few of our buddies tend to like to do that. That would not be the place to do it. Outside of that, you're probably okay. I don't know. I think any place 
that the PBR really sent us was never a good place to do that, but it seemed like it always happened. <laughs> Honestly, Ben Jones was probably the safest and just fighting fans in the stadium. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and fellow contestants. And I've, fellow. Missed ben. I've missed I haven't seen Ben in so long. I haven't either. It's I don't know. I've seen Mike Lee fight some guys in the locker room too. I have not seen Mike do it. No. I have seen Mike get ready about six hours earlier. Well, well he shows up ready. He so. showed up. I remember, okay, you want to feel like an idiot? I'll never make fun of anybody ever again, okay, for getting ready earlier. I won't do it. Mike Lee was getting ready at, he was in Texas. He was at a Mike White Invitational. Zane Cook won it. This was back in the day. and uh, Oh, yeah, I I was there at the he, event. He, got, he was getting ready like six hours before. I showed up later. Isaac Tolliver came with me. I made fun of Mike. And then I forgot to pay my entry fees. And I'm going to put my bull rope on. And Sad Newell's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is my bull. And he's like, no, some guy didn't show up. And it's my bull now. And I just, like, my my heart just just fell. Like, I, it broke my heart. And it literally, we're getting ready to go. Like, I'm in the first section. I'm, like, the second guy out. Like, yeah. I had my shaps on. I was putting my rope on. Like, we were. And I went up to the announcer stand. I said, Sad said that I could have my bull back if I just pay my fees. And they're like, no, we can't do that. So, and then Mike ended up doing good. And I was just like, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> People need that, to make fun of me. <laughs> that bull run was like one of the like rankest bull runs I've been to still to this day. Because like I was, Zane won it. And I was 86 and 87 and tied with Dirt Eater for fifth and sixth. Mm. it don't happen much anymore i will say that it just doesn't happen as much you don't have like there's not too many events where guys are riding all their bulls if it's a one day event a long run short runner not very many two day or even fewer except for that the the time i so last year me and casey i i won two rounds i won both the long rounds I bucked off my short rounder at like six seconds. Casey strapped his short rounder. I'm like, you sucker. We almost had the same amount of points, but he won. We we won because I won. I got so many round points and round money that like yeah. I think he won like eight hundred dollars more than me for winning the event. Oh gosh. And then and then the event I did win with that uh, the last cowboy standing. And I told Kelly at that point in the year, like I was riding, I'm like, all I wanted is a new pair of tires. And I won that event and it wasn't a velocity. And I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> the last Cowboy Standing? No, the um, not last Cowboy Standing, the championship for the, oh. the combine championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They give out tires. They give out tires. That's nice. They give out tires now? If you win a velocity, you get four tires from cooper tires yep every event winner i know definitely done that i was so i was banking on grinding this year and winning about four of them sets yeah no that see that's that's good stuff that they should do like they should have been doing that from the beginning yeah they really should have 
Yeah, they, they really didn't give out. I remember one year they gave out a freaking, they didn't even give out a buckle to the winner. All it was was a plaque. See, I could do plaques, and I, I don't oh, want no. a buckle for ever. Like I don't know. I mean, the buckle, a buckle's cool, like with a plaque. Like you're, you know, you're. It's a professional bull ride, and you could give out a buckle and a plaque. That would be too big of an issue. The money, like they could spend it on there, but I don't know. I like unique things too. Like when I finally won a rifle, that's still cool. I freaking I, I want to win. I so. I'd made it a point when I was coming back from injuries. I hadn't won a saddle. And I was like, I'm going to win a saddle. So I went and, and then I went to the, the amateur deals. I won like three custom saddles. And so now I'm just like, now I need to, I need a pistol or a gun. I've never won a rifle, never won a pistol. Like I do want to win some cool stuff. I see. I didn't go to, like, I never went to association stuff because when I was younger, like I just went straight, like to whatever had the most money is what I did. Looking back, I probably should have done some association stuff to get like <laughs> stuff like that because I never won anything like that. Yeah. Like on a really big rock, like cool engraved rock, but that's about it. Other than like uh, won like some trophies and stuff like that, but I never got like a saddle or like year in stuff like that. But I don't know. Uh, finally I got that right. Last two years, I I changed that because. Before I did the same thing, I did. What I found was even if you just buy your finals, go to one amateur deal, buy your card, go to whatever their minimum is, and then just go to their finals, you can win. I went to so that MRCA the first year I won it. I went to five deals, just I went to five of their deals, and then I won two saddles and a bunch of money. The rookie of the year, the year end. Yeah, I went to the I went to their finals and I wrote all my bulls and <laughs> won like. Fifty six hundred dollars at finals and yeah, that's crazy. So, but I haven't seen too many giving out pistols at their finals. I'm there's probably out there. Uh, you got well. Going to do the Lucas Oil and stuff? They don't. So Lucas Oil, they still put on that bull ride, I believe, but I don't think it's by Lucas Oil anymore. I don't know. I know Ernie's not part of all of that. And the last, yeah. the last time they'd done it, Luke or I don't know. I was, last time I was talking to Luke Bradley, he said that it doesn't. They don't do the pistols anymore. I don't even know if it pays out as much anymore. They just spread it out so much. Like it's ten thousand dollars spread out. You know, a lot of ways. Yeah, because I really, I don't know. Even when I rode Salty Dog there, like I don't even remember how much money I won out of that. Like eleven hundred dollars. It was my first one coming back, and I was like, man, it's like after you've been out so long, and then real life, like in, you know, just money and stuff, and then coming back from injury, and then I won 1100 and I remember sitting down afterwards and telling Keith, I'm like, man, you have no idea what this does, like $1,000, I just won $1,000 for driving 30 minutes, you know, because at that time I was close to it, yeah. like blowing my mind. And it's crazy to think like how much money like you do like, I think I've won fifteen thousand in a week, you know like that's a lot of money like that you can win. Yeah. Quick. Oh man, yeah, that's oh, you. You can win a lot of money doing it. It's just you pay for it physically. <laughs> yep. Yep. Until they start doing the team deals, and then you don't make any money. And I. I wish they were more transparent at all. That's all. 
I just wish they were more transparent. They were transparent yeah. about like all of it. Just not very many sports. Baseball, you can find out everything you need to about contracts and yeah. And I like I know. I guess there is this point. So I know Dana White. So when he talks about it, he's like, "Look, you can ask the UFC fighters how much they make." You know, that's up to them if they want to tell you or not, but they can tell you. So I'm sure it's the same way, like, you know, what the writers are making, whether they're actually going to. Some of it, I don't know. Some of it can be, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because some of it's a pride deal. I think the PBR doesn't really want people knowing, you know, fans and stuff. They make? Yeah, like how, how the company makes or how much the writers make? Oh, writers. Yeah, the company doesn't need to say what they make, but. The right, uh, how like what their contracts are. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I, would, I know a few of them, but I don't, I, it'd be interesting maybe to have a guy on there actually talk about it. Yeah. No, that would, that would be everybody's making, but I'm, I'm not going to just tell people. Yeah. Like, oh. Specific, like, hey, yeah, like Cody Rodeo Tyler is made, this is his contract. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> he makes 37 cents a, a, yeah. a, an hour. <laughs> What you guys are making money, <laughs> right? I feel like that meme. We need to make that meme for the team stuff. <laughs> Eight. Uh, he only paid me. Lemme's like he only paid me three hundred thousand dollars. Zeke's like, wait, you're getting paid. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man. Oh, uh, another thing I started doing, I am an assistant wrestling coach for oh, nice. over here. Yeah. That's cool. So I did, did you wrestle in high school and everything? Yeah. I wrestled like, uh, from, I started wrestling at like six. So then I did it through my sophomore year. Are you in shape? Me? Yeah. No. no. You're going to be a wrestling coach and. I'm, st I'm. In better shape than them. Okay. But, well, how uh, old are they? They're high school. Okay. All right. That's good then. Yeah. But I don't know. I've always been in shape-ish. So. Did you stop? Man, did you? How? I I guess it's been so long. Did you do much like training and like how much has that changed? Like working out, like post writing. Like I don't. I don't even know what it would be like. I asked this. Know that this is what this is coming from. My diet, my workout, everything I do with my body is towards bull riding. So, like, yeah. what's that like living where the purpose behind your fitness is not tied to? <laughs> uh, I completely, uh, I did a complete uh, 180. Like, it went from pretty strict to... I could have a dad bod right now and I wouldn't care. Like, <laughs> I, uh, when I'm done riding, I, I'm going to freaking lift heavy and eat whatever I want. <laughs> I'm going to get ripped <laughs> as much as my body can. Cause I will say that they're like, when it comes to like just lifting for enjoyment and stuff, like there's a lot of stuff I can't do anymore because of my surgery. I have yeah. to, even in my training and stuff now, like there's so much muscle groups and stuff that I have to do different workouts to, you know, make sure they're low impact on my joints and stuff like that. Yeah. So like you have to like, like 
don't know, like you can't jump rope probably. Or I can no, I can jump rope. I can't squat. Good example. I can't put the squat bar. I can't put it behind my back. My shoulders do not have enough range to go back because of the anatomy. My shoulders changed, so they can took. Do... Can I do push-ups? Yeah, I can do like... push-ups. Oh, I just didn't know if that would like affect it or whatever. No, it's really just um like the range external. So going back, I don't have much range in. Um, I don't know with my ankle, there's still a lot of like agility stuff I can't do right now. And I don't know if I'll regain that with kind of, you know, just regaining strength in it. But that's another one. I still, though, to this day, like I'm having surgery tomorrow. When I get done with this talking to you on this podcast, I'm going to the gym. I'll go to the gym for probably three hours today. I yeah. will lift weights with my arm that I'm having surgery on tomorrow. But I can't I can do curls. So again this is what's weird people get hurt and then they just stop working out and it drives me back crazy tyler why because because like there's so many body parts that you can use even when you're injured so like my shoulder my rotator cuffs tore my labrum's torn my bicep tendons torn on the top side but not so i still have full function over my bicep my tricep and I have a little bit of uh, going internal. So like if you're taking your arm and going internal, I can do bands internal. I just can't do external. So there's so much stuff that like you could be doing to make yourself better. And instead you just sit at home. Even guys riding, like think of how many times you got you got home off the weekend. Okay. It's Monday and you're whipped and you're beat up. Like, are you doing anything or are you going to do what you can do? I'm going to get on the couch and open my bag of Doritos and eat those. Rodeo is not rodeoing anymore. So that's the difference here. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, anymore. Back in the day, like, I don't know, I always had stuff to do. Like, but now it's like, yeah, nope. I'm. Were you, how big were you into training, though, when you were riding? I was, I worked out quite a bit. Got quite a bit. Some guys don't. Um, that's going to change with the team stuff. Out of everything, they're going to make them really work out and try and be better, right? I would imagine. I would hope so. Okay. But... Probably, <laughs> probably. Look, if the Bulls are going to continue to get better, and I don't think anybody in their right mind would say, "Now nah, the Bulls are getting worse." So, if the Bulls are going to continue to get better, I think you know athletes probably should. Yeah, I honestly, I don't even know how much. I'm sure it impacts overall performance, but I bet it impacts longevity more than overall performance. You know, yeah, fitness. I, I wouldn't be able to. I've had nine surgeries, rather major, in you know four shoulder surgeries is quite a bit, and other major ones, and I still feel very confident that you know I can recover and will be able to compete at the same level, if not, yeah. You know, but like it, if I wasn't able to maintain, you know, my overall fitness, I don't know that I would be able to. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Especially just... if you get older. It's 21 things. Look, my body does not. It's changed. My training has changed. When I was 21 years old, I was talking to my dad about this. When I was 21, I was doing insanity in the mornings and then I would go and work construction and I would go and do 
like powerlifting in the evenings. And then I would stretch and like all my, all day long I was working out. And I did jack squat for like recovery. Like I, my focus at that point was like how freaking strong and fast you can be. <laughs> You know, and now at 29, like I can't even do some of this stuff I did physically then. So it's like, yeah. you know, but you can still compete in bull riding. It's just a, you know, an interesting sport. So like, you know, at, as you get older, like how do you change your training to. Oh man. Yeah. That's a, I wouldn't even know where to start. I haven't stretched and. Oh, I stretched since I started this wrestling thing, but before then, I I I ain't picked up a weight or nothing really. So, other than driving a few T posts and building fins, like that's about the only workout I get anymore. Are you? Yeah. How many How many cows are you over? Oh, not very many. Uh, I sold. I had this guy that I've been taking care of for. He's only got like twenty head now. I sold a bunch of them. Uh, really been trying to straighten up his herd. He's been, he was pretty spread out. So, hey, that building doing fence work that's that's a workout in and of itself. Yep. Yep. Especially oh. when it's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. The question is, is going to be who's who stays in better shape after they're done? You or Zane Cook? Uh, that's going to be. What? What happens to Zane when he's done riding bulls is, is my question. Because I don't know if Zane works out at all. I don't know so. that he does. I don't know that he does. He's, he's always like he's, fit. Yeah, he's fit. So I imagine he, I'm sure he does. But I, I, I don't know. got his genetics in that. And I think he's just going to stay fit. So like, okay. I don't know. How are we going to, he's going to win that over me, I think. Like, who's going to blow up? Who's going to be the Adriano? Who's going to blow up? Keith? You think it's going to be Keith? (laughs) The funniest one. Uh, (laughs) Ten years from now, Keith is bald and got his, you know, dad bod going on. Yeah, looking like Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Man, yeah, because... Keith works out, but I don't know. I don't see Keith as being a guy that works out just to. I think Keith is working out just for bull riding, and there's no enjoyment within it. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know. I used to like to work out. It just, <coughs> I can't do it now with, oh, I can. I just don't choose to with kid and all this other stuff I do. Yeah. What's the, what's the dad life like? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think that probably changed a lot. You know, look, like, you know, as far as your transition out of bull riding, like having kids, I could see, I could see, like, for me, like, it's a weird thing. Like, I hate leaving. I, I yeah. do not. Like, the worst part is leaving. Once I get on the road, especially if you're with your buddies, then, you know, it's kind of makes that transition yeah. a bit easier. But, yeah, no, I couldn't, couldn't imagine, like, leaving him now. Uh, and going to a bull riding or anything i don't know it's it's awesome maverick's awesome he's about to he'll turn two in february so you think he'll ride or uh i'm i'm hoping not like hoping not okay uh 
like it's been rodeo was awesome for me it was great lifestyle but like looking back like i don't know i'll I'll buy him a set of golf clubs before i buy him a bull rope that's for sure that's funny i'm in the same boat i my my kids will be cowboy that's yeah they'll know how to train a horse they'll be a good horseman say cowboy they'll be good horsemen yeah Uh, you know if, yeah, they, my, if, if my son wants to ride bulls, like I'm not going to stop him, but I'm certainly my son will understand, you know, like fully what to expect. You know, I look, I, I love this sport and, you know, I've been willing to and continue willing to give my life for this sport, but you need to be ready to do that. You know, like we've lost friends doing this. Like it's not. So I, I think out of everything, like that's a real thing too, you know, like, yeah. I think there's a lot of kids. I don't know. It's a weird thing because it's not like a normal sport, but I feel like we could prepare the youth a little bit more for the reality of what they're going to face too. That's hard yeah. though. You can't really, you know, explain that to a, a child. Like you have to be careful. Cause you're yeah. not trying to scare children. There just have to come a point where it's like, look what you're about to step into. Cause it's not so much calves and steers, you know, but what you're about to step into is very extreme. Yeah. And I don't know. It's hard for me because like, I don't know. I've always had a decent head on my shoulders, you know, I guess on like when I was like bull riding at first, like I was real serious about it. So like, I don't know. It's, it, it would be hard for me to let Maverick ride. And then when not knowing what he's going to do in the future because i've seen those guys we have those friends that are just they have one thing on their mind and it's definitely not bull riding most of the time or their extracurricular activities i will say this that's changed okay so the whole atmosphere like even pbr going pbrs i feel like the atmosphere has changed it's not really? the yep from the locker room I, I do some of that could be i've changed you know, and then like me and Keith and Dakota and, you know, like we've changed a lot. So that could it could be more than just a group that you're around, you know. But I think overall we're starting to move towards, you know, this becoming more of a say more of a sport. It's always been a sport, but people are taking it more seriously. Other than just being not heads. Yeah. Well, I I think the team stuff is going to force those that hand too because how many of these teams look and it's another thing that's interesting, okay? So like you were saying right now, uh riders are not living in those cities, right? Yeah. So, but at some point like if if you get to where there's the actually attachment to that city, there's a brand, well now these these teams are going to be very they're going to start to become more you know, cautious about like these guys' lifestyles outside of the arena, because you know, at up to this point, bull riders were accountable to themselves, and their actions didn't impact the PBR or the you know. There's no team like it just impacted you. <laughs> yeah. No. And yeah, it'd be hard. That's I don't know, I don't know how they would. Yeah, I don't know. it's so crazy to think about on that team thing. Like, there's so many ways it could go. Yeah, and nobody knows either. Yep. I don't even know how much they know, but. 
it's working for them now. So that's about all they know. Well, it's been awesome having you on here. Um, we'll definitely watch it. Let's do this again sometime. Maybe we can get to some equipment stuff. Yeah. I haven't, I've been having a few questions on equipment. So, yeah. And maybe go through. Yeah. So, everybody's so different when it comes to equipment. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, the only thing I really liked is I wanted my rope how I wanted it. And I mean, that's really about it. I didn't need anything else. I wasn't really picky on anything else. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, that's, I've gotten to the point where I know what I like and I'll get the same thing every time. But early on, I, I, I messed with a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, no. Heck, I could have used anything else, but yeah, no, I like my bull rips, so I liked them. And that's about the only thing I really was picky on. I could ride in tennis shoes for all I cared. <laughs> you probably could have, too. You, uh, you, you, you didn't move a lot. No, practice pins, that's a, mainly what I did was tennis shoes. Oh, really? So you actually incorporated that into your training quite a bit. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. It was fun getting on in tennis shoes. I've done it once at a practice pen, but I, not something I, I never really had a huge issue with losing my feet, so. Oh, me, just kept me moving. Um, yeah. Just. First bull I ever heard was with my tennis shoes on. Really? I, him. I kicked him. But. <laughs> oh gosh that's awesome just to get my feet moving and then it's like you really it was re-grabbing and then it just turned into the timing of it yeah all right heck yeah nice having you on here rodeo i'll i'll be talking to you soon i'll be watching that we'll get back on this yeah no for sure i haven't i haven't watched a ton of it because i don't have cbs so yeah just have like any more i just use apps so like all you know, Disney Plus and stuff like that. If they if they put PB on Disney Plus, then I'd watch it all the time. You know what they should do before we go? They should do this. So Disney Plus, I believe it was Disney Plus did a thing. It was a football game, okay? And it was a live football game, but it was animated. So it was two teams that were playing live, but Disney Plus just animated it. Or Disney did. I think it was Disney that animated it. So it was like little, you know, animated Tune. figures. Yeah. They should do that with bull riding, like a live bull riding where they take the bull riding and they just make it animated too to where kids can watch it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd yeah, be funny. Then I could, you know, watch it more with the kids. <laughs> yeah, keep them in, entertained more. Yeah. Oh, All right, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you. I'll see you.